You are listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast, where you can hear the latest messages and other conversations as we strive to go serve and love in our communities. If you want to know more about us, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org. If you've enjoyed our podcast, be sure to subscribe and check us out on YouTube. Well, amen. If you would, take a copy of God's Word. If you have a Bible, then open to the Gospel of John chapter 10, or you can just follow on the screen. I also want to give a shout out today to the Allen Oakwood Correctional Institution. I want to thank you guys for watching. I was told that this past week that y'all tune in every week, and I just pray that we are a blessing to you. So thank you for joining in. We're studying seven statements that Jesus made that are recorded in the Gospel of John. And these statements, all of them begin with the phrase, very important phrase, I am. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I am the door of the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. Jesus, Jesus Jesus. There's just something about that name. Amen? Where our series is entitled Jesus. I think y'all have figured that out by now, right? The seven I am statements of Jesus. You know, everybody has a perception in their mind of who Jesus is. And that perception has probably been influenced by our culture and our own assumptions and maybe some bad teaching we've gotten So it's easy to wind up with a distorted view of Jesus. And it's important for all of us to learn about Jesus as he is revealed in Scripture and to listen to what Jesus says in his own words. So today we're going to talk about, I am the good shepherd. Of course, when you think about a shepherd, you think about sheep. You always know they're involved. So I have a joke this morning about sheep. The young blonde lady was tired of all the blonde jokes, so she decided to do something about it. Now, some of you in here are are blonde, say, why is he telling a blonde joke? Because this joke is really good, okay? Listen, now my wife didn't even get this joke at first. You understand, she's a blonde now. She used to be a brunette, but then the brunette started becoming gray, and then you just colored, amen? Some of you know that, right? So she's a blonde. So listen, I got her permission to say that. I'm not that stupid, okay? So I want you to know that this morning. She's not here. She's uh, sick today, but she knows I'm, I'm saying this. Anyway, this young blonde lady was tired of all the blonde jokes. So she dyed her hair brown so that she wouldn't have to feel that she was always a part of those jokes. And one day she was driving along, and she saw this shepherd. And this shepherd had a big old flock of sheep. And man, she was just looking at them. She was in awe of them, thinking, man, they're cute, they're cuddly. And she rolled down her window and said, hey, I'll make a deal with you. If I can tell you exactly how many sheep you have, would you give me one? He said, well, if you can tell me the exact number, I could probably do that. She said, well, 352 has always been my favorite number. So 352 it is. He said, I can't believe this. He said, you're exactly right. There are 352 sheep, all right? I'll keep my end of the bargain. You keep one of, uh, you just pick one out of the flock. So she looked and she looked and she finally 
found the one she thought was the cutest and most playful. Then he looked at her, and he said, Ma'am, I have an offer for you. If if I can guess your real hair color, will you give me my dog back? (laughs) You caught it, didn't you? Oh, man. All right. Now we're ready to get started. So today we come to the fourth I am statement in the Gospel of John. Jesus says this, beginning in verse 11 of the Gospel of John, chapter 10. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming in and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep, and I have one sheep that, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I laid down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. One of the most popular analogies in the Bible is that of shepherd and sheep. In fact, the most popular psalm in the scripture is what? Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters and on and on. We know that. Throughout scripture, we are compared to sheep and the Lord is compared to a shepherd. Now, why are we called sheep? Is it because God thinks we are all just cuddly and adorable? No, because this is not a very flattering description. Don't be insulted, it's just the truth. Sheep are not very smart. In fact, they have to be led to the right places and the right pastures. If not, what will happen? They will starve and they will die. Sheep are not very strong. They are the prey, not the predators. Have you ever heard of anybody, any university or college, the Ohio State fighting sheep? That's very intimidating, isn't it? You don't hear that, do you? No, you don't hear that. Doesn't sound very intimidating. Sheep also stink. They spend all of their time outdoors. They collect all sorts of odors and smells in their wool. They're not the cleanest animals either. And sheep need a shepherd to keep them. Sheep easily go down the wrong path and are often led the wrong way. They need to be led to green pastures and by still waters. So Jesus reminds us that he is the good shepherd and we are his sheep. So this morning, we are going to look at three characteristics of the shepherd, okay? The first one is the good shepherd's connection with the sheep. The good shepherd's connection with the sheep. I want you to remember the context of this statement. Every one of the I am statements have a specific and important context. It's important for us to know when Jesus said what he said so we can learn why Jesus said what he said. 
Certainly in making this statement, Jesus is contrasting himself to the false shepherds who were in charge of the Jewish religion of that day. He had already called them, what? Thieves and robbers. And now he would describe them as a hired hand. In other words, there are those who are unfaithful leaders who want to take advantage of you. They won't protect you. They don't care about you. They care about their own advancement and prosperity. But Jesus is the good shepherd who knows and loves the sheep. Now, do you see the phrase in verse 14? I know my own and my own know me. In the gospel of John, the word know means much more than intellectual awareness. It speaks of an intimate relationship between God and his people. In John chapter 17 and verse 3, it says, And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. You see, the shepherd knows his sheep personally and therefore knows best how to minister to them. Well, Jesus goes on to say later in this chapter, in verse 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Now, pay close attention to that. And the shepherd cares for the sheep. Listen, as the shepherd cares for the sheep, the sheep get to know the shepherd better. The good shepherd knows his sheep, and his sheep knows him. They get to know him better how? By listening to his voice, the word, and experiencing his daily care. As the sheep follow the shepherd, they learn to love and trust him. He loves his own, and he shows that love in the way that he cares for him. Let me give you an illustration here. H.V. Morton tells of something he saw in the Middle East. Early one morning, he said, I saw an extraordinary sight not far from Bethlehem. Two shepherds had evidently spent the night with their flocks in a cave. The sheep were all mixed together, and time had come for the shepherds to go in different directions. Now, I referred to the, a little bit of this last week about how they recognized the shepherd's voice. One of the shepherds stood some distance from the sheep and began to call. First one, then another, then four or five, ran toward him, and so until he had counted his whole flock. Now, let me ask you a question. How many voices are shouting at you in a typical week? Now, you just go to Google, and you Google this. It's always different. Just about a year ago, it wasn't this many at all, or two years ago, but just as how fast things have changed. Do you know, if you're on the Internet, any particular time in the middle of a day, if you, if you spend one hour, two hours, three hours, whatever, but you are hit up between, you will see at least six to 10,000 ads a day on the Internet, just online. Not counting TV, billboards, radio, and that's just ads. Then there's all the other stuff you read online and the thousands of images and photos you see. And then there's the actual voices of teachers and politicians and newscasters and friends and bosses and co-workers. It's kind of crazy. 
And it can be confusing and stressful. Wouldn't it be amazing if there were just one clear, true voice that rose above the others? So in the midst of the confusion, you could go, that's the voice I listen to. He knows me, and I know him, and I follow him, and that's what Jesus came to offer. Listen, if the Lord is your shepherd, you will begin to hear and know his voice. So if you're not hearing his voice, there's a problem. Maybe you've never had a connection at all. And today, maybe you need to become part of his fold. Or maybe you're in the fold, but you are far from the shepherd. And you need to come home. You need to head back to the sheepfold where you belong. Now understand this about the sheepfold. As the sheep would gather for the night in the sheepfold, there was not a door with hinges. The shepherd was the door. Now, we talked about that last week. Jesus said, I am the door. And you remember what I said, that the shepherd would lay his body on the ground at the entrance. Where if a wolf or anything bad wanted to come in or if a sheep wanted to go out, they all had to cross the shepherd's body. The shepherd would lay his, his life down. That's just the way he would do it. And that's what makes Jesus the good shepherd. Because he's willing to give up his life. As shepherd, he is the door which opens to eternal life. Now, Jesus is not a door as though Jesus is one of many ways to God. Jesus is the door. There is only one door that leads to God. And you know what it is? It is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, somebody may ask, Pastor Al, are you one of those narrow-minded Baptists that believe only Baptists are going to heaven? Friend, I'm a lot more narrow-minded than that. I think there are a lot of Baptists that ain't going to heaven. Now, let me just tell you something about your denominational tag. When you die, either your, your tag will fall off in heaven or it will burn off in hell. There are no denominations in heaven. Do we understand that this morning? It is only if you are blood-bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's all that matters. That's it. There is no getting to heaven without Jesus. The way to heaven is no wider than the person of Jesus Christ himself. Jesus said in verse 9 that he is the only way. He is the way out for you, and he is the way in for you. He is the good shepherd. Secondly, I want you to look at the good shepherd's compassion for the sheep. The Bible teaches or describes Jesus as the good shepherd. Now focus for just a moment on that word, good. This is a very important word. There's another place in Scripture where Jesus says, no one is good except God alone. This word means so much more than the way we use it these days. The word translated good means intrinsically good, beautiful, are fair. It describes that which is the deal, the ideal, the model that others may safely imitate. Our Lord's goodness was inherent in his nature. 
To call him good is the same as calling him God. The Greek literally reads the shepherd, the good one. And that's what it does. It talks about how good and how great the shepherd is. It sets Christ, the good shepherd, apart from all other shepherds. The word good refers to his noble character. He is perfect, authentic, in a class by himself, preeminent, above all others. And the Bible tells us here that the good shepherd has a compassion for his sheep. He only cares for, listen, for his personal, he doesn't just care for his only personal gain and promotion. The true shepherd has concern and compassion for his sheep. Look at John 10, look at verses 12 and 13. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf, what does he do? He snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a, what? A hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Now, do you see that phrase? He flees because he cares nothing for the sheep. So what makes the good shepherd stay? You know what makes him stay? Because he cares for his sheep. Jesus goes on to say in verse 16, And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. There are other sheep that are not yet in the fold that he loves and cares for as well. And he says, I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. Listen, do not mishear this. Jesus desires all people from all places to be part of his fold. His compassion and concern aren't limited to a small, select group of people. You know, the Bible talks about, in Matthew 9, 36, it said that when Jesus saw the crowds, what did he do? He had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like what? Like sheep without a shepherd. Now, let me give you this illustration. How many of you have ever heard of Shrek the Sheep? The famous sheep back in 2004. When he was found out, look at this, after hiding out in a cave for six years. You see how woolly he is? All right. Now listen. Of course, during this time, his fleece grew because, again, for six years, nobody even knew where he was. When he was finally found and shaved, his fleece weighed an amazing 60 pounds. 50 pounds more than normal, and enough to make 20 men's suits out of. Shrek carried six times the regular weight of his fleece, simply because, why? He was away from the shepherd. It took a professional uh, shearer less than a half an hour to rid him of that burden, okay? Apparently, when God created sheep, he had their need for people in mind. More specifically, their need for a shepherd. You see, the same is true of us. Life involves the culmination of burdens. 
Burdens that can't be tended to without the help of a good shepherd. Shrek is much like a person who knows Jesus Christ but has wondered. And if we avoid Christ's constant refining of our character, we're going to indefinitely accumulate extra weight in this world. A weight we don't have to bear. Now listen to this. When Shrek was found, a professional sheep shearer took his uh, fleece off, and it took him 28 minutes. Look at this. 60-pound fleece was finally removed. All it took was coming home to his shepherd. Look at Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. It says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We're told in Isaiah that we are all like sheep and have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. But through his love and compassion, Jesus calls us to come home. Can you hear his voice today? Maybe you're so far away that his call has become so faint. It's almost impossible to hear. And my question today to you would be, would you return to the shepherd today? Come back to the fold and experience his compassion and the concern that the good shepherd has for you today. The last point I want you to see is the good shepherd's commitment to the sheep. What does a shepherd do? Believe me, it's not a flashy job. It's long hours outside in the rain, the cold and sleet and snow. It's a thankless and boring job to lead sheep around all day. There are no lines of people waiting around for the shepherd's autograph, and there's no hall of fame for shepherds. You know what it takes? It takes grit, dedication, determination, and commitment. But a true shepherd, a good shepherd, is committed to his sheep. Now listen to this. A good shepherd loves his sheep, leads his sheep, and lays down his life for his sheep. And he repeats this phrase similarly five times in this passage. We see the same idea in verse 11, 15, 17, and twice in verse 18. In contrast to the hired hand who runs away when danger threatens, the good shepherd is the one who sticks around by his sheep, who defends them, and who will even die for them if necessary. Now, this is the main point of this message. Under the old covenant, the sheep died for the shepherd. Did you hear that? But now, the good shepherd dies for the sheep. He did not die as a martyr killed by men. He died as a substitute, willingly laying down his life 
for us. Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, is also the Lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the world. He willingly laid down his life for us. Let me close with this story. It was in 1972. A shepherd had brought his sheep into a cave to stay for the night. And it was kind of a walled-off, enclosed area. And he had just gone to sleep when he heard a big commotion, and he quickly rushed over to where the sound was coming from. And he saw a wolf starting to pull a sheep through the hole in the wall. And if blood and stuff was flying everywhere, and the shepherd ran to the sheep, and started beating on the wolf, and the wolf attacked him, and the wolf started biting him and biting him and biting him, and finally with one blow of his staff, he killed the wolf. He was mauling. I mean, he, th this thing had mauled the sheep. But anyhow, after he had killed the wolf, he himself collapsed into a bloody heap. He managed to crawl over to the half-dead sheep, and began to bandage its wound. He gave it some water, then he took it in his own bloody arms, and shepherd and sheep went to sleep together. The next morning, the shepherd was found dead, with his body literally draped over the sheep to comfort him and keep it warm. The following day, the headline of the Jerusalem paper said this, Sheep alive, Shepherd, sheep alive, covered in shepherd's blood. Jesus died so we didn't have to. Aren't you thankful? He laid down his life so you and I could have eternal life. He shed his own blood so that you and I this morning could be rescued, we could be redeemed, we could be saved, and we could be secure. He is the good shepherd who offers salvation and redemption to all who re return from their sins and turn to Christ. Listen, Jesus is still in the saving business. Amen? And I want to tell you what. Some of you who know him, but maybe the voice you're just not hearing because you've got all these thousands of other voices that you're listening to every day. And all the shepherd wants is to take care of his sheep. You need to understand that this morning. You need to get that picture in your mind. That just as that shepherd was draped over that sheep, that's exactly what God does to us every day. He just gives his life so that we may have life. Father, this morning, as we come to our time of invitation, I would ask, Lord, if there's someone here that is far away from you and needs to come home, that God, the day would be that day. Lord, for those who don't know you as Lord and Savior, that God, if they don't, that before they leave this place today, that they would ask you in their, their heart as, your, as their Savior. Father, for whatever people need here today, Lord, whatever they're struggling in, God, whether they just need to come and pray today, God, one of us pastors, or just come to this altar, Lord, I pray that they would just be obedient to what 
your voice would say to them today. Lord, you say that, Lord, our people, Lord, as, 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 our, as your people, we, we hear your voice and we know you. So, God, I pray that, God, we would be sensitive to your spirit. That, God, we wouldn't be so hard-hearted and hard-headed. But, God, when you just brush against our ear, God, we would hear you today. Lord, just move among your people today. We love you, and we ask all this in your precious name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast. We hope you are encouraged today, and we would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request, a topic you would like to discuss, or want to share what God is doing in your life, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org forward slash central hub.